I'm Julie. Welcome to Mom Made Plans Podcast, where we talk about simple ways to make your days feel easier and more productive. We get there through the ultimate life hack of self-awareness plus intentional living, and it's an empowering journey. But don't worry, I keep you humble by remembering God is in control. And today I have a fantastic episode for you on a topic that I think we all have explored at least once of like, what is this whole minimalism thing? Like, is that what I need, especially coming off of our month of decluttering? That's usually like a key phrase that we're looking at and trying to figure out what's right. And um, so we're just kind of diving in, like busting out some of the myths of what it is and what it isn't and just getting to the core of it. And our guest, Alyssa Falkenstein, is going to guide us through the whole process. So let's dig in. All right, welcome everyone. We are, we've just gone through the journey of decluttering this month. And I really wanted to wrap up with a special conversation that I feel like comes into play a lot with the idea of decluttering in our homes. And it's that trendy word of minimalism. So we're going to go over what it is and what it isn't. And I brought a guest with us today who can really share all the details and dive into what this is all about and see if it really is the answer of what we need in our homes. So without further ado, please introduce yourself and tell us your name and a little about you. Hi, uh, my name is Alyssa. I am a homeschooling mom of three. Um, I have an urban homestead in Cleveland, Ohio, and I am currently taking a hiatus from my photography business and focusing on writing a novel that the Lord has placed on my heart and um, I've been working on for the past eight years. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. Yay. So fun. Um, Alyssa's into all kinds of things. She's your multi-passionate person. So, yes. <laughs> so many cool um, talents and interests. And I'm just grateful that um, she can share a lot with us about minimalism and her experience. And um, before we dive into that. I just kind of wanted to just kind of start with the foundation of like, it's such a trendy word. Everyone's kind of throwing out minimalism and it means a lot of different things. And so I just kind of wanted to see like for you, like how, how would you define minimalism for us? Sure. Um, I think for me, it's ultimately having less and being intentional with what you do have, um, elevating in your home, in your calendar, um, what you value, and then removing what is distracting you and stealing your peace. So I know there's lots of different methods and ideologies out there, but like Marie Kondo, and that was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, does it give you joy? Um, and does it serve a purpose in your home? Uh, is it something that's sitting in a box or a storage unit and you're just holding on to it out of sentimental value, but it's unused and unappreciated and just not serving a purpose at all. Um, it's freedom. It's getting your time back. It's going against the grain of consumerism and it's a lifestyle. It's not like a decor style. I feel like when people think of minimalism, they think of this white, stark Scandinavian style house. (laughs) Um, but it's not like that. There's people who, um, would be considered minimalist with all sorts of different style influences. Um, it's ultimately simplicity in your home and your belongings. 
um, and choosing to have fewer burdens. Mm. Wow. That's a great, a great way to think of it. Fewer burdens. Cause really, yeah. yeah, all of the stuff, whether it's physical or calendar time related, like it is a weight on our shoulders yeah. and a burden. So that's, I love that perspective of, of thinking about it that way. Um, it's, it's taking something from you. Like if you have a storage unit, that's taking money from yeah. you. You're paying for that. If it's an overburdened calendar because you don't know how to say no to stuff, that's taking away from your personal time and your family time. And if it's just too much stuff in your house, then it's just more for you to have to clean around. It sucks your time away. So yeah, simplicity and less burdens. <laughs> yes, that sounds amazing. That's the, yeah, that's the pursuit. I love the, that like boiled down idea of simplicity. Cause that's, that's what I love in all of the categories of our life, especially as moms where everything is, feels hard and complicated and so right. much just to simplify and breathe. So I love that, um, that kind of vibe of minimalism in that, in that pursuit. Yeah. Um, we kind of touched on it. You may or may not have any others, but just, um, so in kind of understanding what minimalism, what, ugh, let's try that again. <laughs> what minimalism is. Yeah. Um, they needed to simplify the word. It's too hard to say. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of M's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, too much. Um, but just to, like we talked about like the style that I feel like that's a common myth of just like the stark white, like barely any furniture, like no accessories. Yeah. Are there any other like common myths or anything about minimalism that you feel like pop up that aren't? Oh yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of myths. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I said, um, it's not stark and bare and boring. Um, people who are minimalists can still have home decor. Um, their decor is probably considered more purposeful or meaningful, not just like meaningless art that your eyes just glance over, you know, mm. um, becoming minimalist said in one of their blog posts, we pursue rational minimalism, not extreme minimalism. So like not having nothing for the sake of calling yourself a minimalist. All right. I'm jumping in to interrupt this. We were struggling with some technology issues and I missed a section of what she said and I just wanted to give you a little quick recap of um, I believe she was talking about how minimalism is often a lot of counting and that there are certain number of items you have in each category in your home and so like in your closet you're only allowed like x number of pants and this number of shirts and all of that and it's very rigid so continuing on with her conversation uh, with that little bit of info. So it makes sense. All right, here we go. Not everyone has a capsule wardrobe. I think it's really important to still maintain your identity while you embrace minimalism. So there are like, for me, I collect books and mugs. They bring me joy. <laughs> um, for other people, they have like two mugs and that's okay. For other people who are really into fashion, like that brings them joy that gives them life. Um, their closet might look a bit more fuller than mine. They might have two dishes in their house and, and absolutely thinned out everything else, but they have a lot of clothes because they love to make outfits. Um, you don't have to purge down to only four outfits to fit a minimalist mold. You can make minimalism work for your individual needs. I think another myth about minimalism is that minimalists aren't sentimental. Um, but I think... 
I think that's a balance. Uh, maybe there's some who aren't, but I think for others, they have a more healthy outlook of we can love things and let them go. Um, we can hold space for how much something meant to us and still choose to donate it or give it away. Um, or maybe you they are sentimental and they keep a few treasures, but I think it's it can be unhealthy to hold on to everything and never get rid of it just because it meant something to someone. Um, and you could still treasure some things and let other things go. Another one <laughs> is that um, minimalists are mean or they don't have fun. <laughs> um, I feel like the ongoing joke about if people do CrossFit or people are vegan, they'll tell you about it. Minimalists might get that rap too. <laughs> um, so I feel like some people might feel like it's shoved down their throat or minimalists are cocky about it or, you know, they're snooty um, or they don't let their kids have toys. Um but ultimately, you don't need a playroom stuffed so full it overwhelms your kids. Right. Like you, you're our my kids have toys. <laughs> um, we just don't have one. We have been the family that had a toy room so stuffed it was never clean. It was over overwhelming. Um, and then the kids would just make a mess and not do anything because all the toys overstimulated them. Um, minimalists have like open-ended toys that can be used to spark imaginative play. Um I think minimalists might have different limits or boundaries, but that doesn't mean they're mean and they can't have fun. Um, minimalists can still have parties and entertain. For me, uh, when it comes to entertaining, I don't keep extra dishware in my kitchen. We don't have a dishwasher, so I have to wash everything by hand. Same. And, I feel yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it gets so overwhelming when the sink is full of dishes. Yeah. And we really try to adhere by two plates and one bowl per person. Mm. Um, and my kids help during the day to keep up with their lunch dishes, um, and my extra stuff for serving when we have people over, cause we host Thanksgiving and we have birthday parties. I keep that stored in the basement. So I'm not tempted yeah. to use it because nice. five dishes are in the sink. It's easy to just pull out more dishes and make them dirty rather than just get them done. Um, but you can still entertain and you can still have those things. Um, it's just being intentional about where they are and how, when you, how, when you, when you use them. Yes. I love that. I think that's the root and why I'm fascinated by it and appreciate that it is very intentional. And that's definitely what I'm about over here. And yeah, just that everything is chosen specifically, that it does mean something right now in this yeah. moment, still necessary. And like, I love the idea in the kitchen of storing things elsewhere. It doesn't always mean like you have to get rid of everything. Like right. It may just mean for that simplistic life, you need less in the room, but it can be stored elsewhere when you do need it. It's like, yeah. no, you're not allowed to have the dishes you need for your party. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like be intentional, like it's setting yourself up for success of, um, yeah, not doing that. I, we just had a kitchen decluttering episode recently and talking about, I was challenged. Like my husband's always talking about that, the limiting the dishes yeah. available. And I have, I took cups since then. So you guys, I'm following what I said. <laughs> I took cups out because there were so many kid cups in the oh, So many kid cups. And they would pull them all out. And so, yeah, I have reduced um, the number of cups and that is helping. Um, and yeah, just being more and more strategic of, how much is accessible and it makes, it makes it easier. Like, cause yes. man, when you're washing those dishes and you look at that, you're like, that is an hour of my life that I'm about yeah. to spend. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
and we have extra kid cups for when we have play dates. I just keep them away in my hutch. (laughs) They're out of sight and out of mind. (laughs) Yes. Very strategic. Love it. And that is all. Yeah. I love just going through all of these myths and everything. And before we like dismiss anything in our life or any change, like to really dig into it a little bit more and take the time to understand it. And so I think this is really important just to kind of come into this with an open mind of like, are you, have you been Googling minimalism just because you think, oh, it's less and that's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're still approaching it with just this very rule-based, like, yeah, if I do certain numbers, my life is going to be easier. And then it becomes controlling and it's not freedom because then you're chained to that. Oh no, I have three pairs of pants. I gotta get rid of one, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And maybe you could just give yourself the grace of having one extra pair of pants to wash. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that um, perspective of, yeah, don't let yourself fall into just a controlling scenario that we are being um, intentional with all of these, all of these pieces. Um, So I, I would love to, now that we have a little bit of a better understanding and appreciation of what minimalism is and isn't just like how, like what your experience is with this, like how did you fall into minimalism and make this an intentional part of your life? Um, it's a long story. Buckle up. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> ready. I grew up in a really messy home. Um, my guardian was a hoarder. And growing up, there were paths through my house with boxes almost up to the ceiling. Every surface was covered. So I was the one who had to clean and I had to clean around the mess. And there was things in every surface. It was kind of just trying to make the mess neater. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize the effect that this had on me until I became a mom and keeping a house <laughs> was all consuming with a little one and then a toddler who tore everything apart. And at the time I didn't realize, but it was triggering my anxiety and some trauma from my, my childhood. And at this time, this was like the beginning of like Facebook mom groups. Um, they were just like coming out and like Facebook mommy drama pages and um it was this embrace of like hot mess mom culture we're always a mess and it's fine you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be put together just be a wreck and embrace it because it's life with kids and at first I thought that was so freeing like oh hallelujah I don't have to be neat this is really hard (laughs) found my people Mm -hmm. right and obviously there's grace to that toddlers destroy I don't care if you're a minimalist or not a toddler will make a mess they will find something they will destroy couch cushions. Obviously, mess comes with kids. But it was this this glamorizing, this glorification of disaster. Mm. And I embraced it, but I didn't realize that it was causing me a lot of stress. And I was living constantly triggered. I discovered, I ended up discovering minimalism because I had a friend come over and I had said something like, I'm sorry, you know, you always apologize when people come over. I'm sorry for the mess. Right. Um, and most moms were like, oh, it's fine. Our house is a mess too. And they, you know, you feel that camaraderie, but she was like, is it overwhelming to you? And I was like, yes, it is overwhelming to me. <laughs> and she said, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this lady. And she told me about this um, podcast that I should listen to about minimalist mom life. And I was like, okay. And she said, like, ever since I've embraced this and 
lightened my load a little bit. Like motherhood has gotten a lot more easy for me. And I think you're struggling and maybe, maybe you could utilize this. And I said, okay. (laughs) So I listened to these podcasts and it was like earth shattering, groundbreaking for me that I could just get rid of stuff and breathe again in my home and thrive in my home. And I'm cleaning all the time because I've allowed clutter to rule my home and my mental health is suffering because I'm overstimulated by the stuff everywhere. And now we know there's so many research articles about this and studies published on this topic of clutter and stress. Our brains like order. And when we have constant visual reminders of this stressor, it drains us. It messes with our ability to focus. And as someone with ADHD, I was essentially shooting shooting myself in the foot by surrounding myself with clutter. Research shows that um, clutter increases our cognitive overload. It reduces our memory function. Mm. And um, some neuroscience researchers, they use this fancy like imaging (laughs) and they discovered that purging or clearing clutter from our home, from our work, from the outside, it actually results in a better ability to focus on tasks and complete things and process information and gives us higher levels of productivity. Mm. So essentially when we allow clutter to be everywhere, it's, it's slowing us down. It's making us sloths and we don't realize it until we're like, (laughs) you know? Yes. Yeah, for sure. No, that's so, um, yeah, so true. And it's interesting to have the data out there now of, yeah, like it's literally just seeing all of it is just messing with you and causing you to live in anxiety all the time. And just changing that one piece to allow yourself to be more productive. Like that's what we're always trying to do. And it's you're setting yourself, like you're working against yourself every day, all day long. So makes so much sense. Um, so yeah, that was great of your friend to be willing to be like, Hey, and you know what? That friend came over and offered to help. She's like, if you're and can't let stuff go, I'll come sit with you. And I think we need friends like that who will be like, I will not judge you, but let me help you go through your stuff and decide what you actually need and love versus what is just, we need to trim the fat, you know? Right. I love that. All right, everyone, this is your (laughs) encouragement to be that person and find that person to do this with. You guys can be like, all right, no judgment. We are just here for each other. Remind each other of the goal that you're looking for just simplicity and enjoy your home more and not be so overwhelmed. So find your person and and work through it together. I love that. Awesome. Okay. Well, all right. So many things about (laughs) minimalism. This is so good. Um, I want to just touch on one more thing. So we've kind of gone over what it is, what it isn't. And just like, yeah, the transformation of where you, how you feel when you're like all in the clutter to being released. So if we've gotten rid of some clutter and we're trying to pursue this minimalist life, like, are there any best practices of whether you're in the process or maintaining it or just kind of anything about that minimalist lifestyle? Do you have any tips for us of, of how to do that? Sure. Um, I would say first start small because otherwise it gets really overwhelming. We get the idea in our head and we get attached to it and we want to make it happen and we want that freedom. And so we like try to do the whole house at once and then it's too much. And then we just, nope, never mind. Yep. <laughs> um, so I would suggest doing one closet 
or one dresser or a bathroom and doing one small space at a time and maybe even do a challenge. Um, there's a book called Declutter Like a Mother. I don't know if you you've have heard it. of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that because I I did that free challenge every single year. Mm. Um, she always hosts one in January and it's so freeing. It's a good kickstart to the new year of like, let's just get rid of this extra we've accumulated this year. And she, she does one room at a time and it's 30 minutes top. So you're not like in there for three hours. You do what you can in a short amount of time um, and just peer down um, and be realistic about how much you need. If you're drowning in laundry, maybe that's the one big thing you want to tackle first. How much are you actually using? Um, like what do you love versus what do you not love or doesn't get used because you don't like how your butt looks in it. So it gets thrown <laughs> on the floor and then you pick it up and wash it and you're like, oh, I don't want to wear that. And it just, cause, you know, that cycle of yeah. you never actually wear that thing. Um, maybe that sweater that makes your arms itchy. Um, get rid of what you don't love. Um, the author of that book, Ali Casaza, always says, be a ruthless editor. And that's always the thing in the back of my mind. I have to be a ruthless editor. Yeah. Someone bought me this sweater and I love them. And it's not going to ruin our relationship if I don't get rid of the sweater. That sweater might give someone else life when I donate it and they find it at the thrift store. Right. Um, get rid of random kid leggings that don't actually go with everything. That was my thing. I always had family members giving my kids clothes. And then I'd have all these random things that never actually matched anything. So they didn't get worn unless my kid had a spill and they threw them on. And then I just had endless mountains of laundry. Yeah. But kids don't really need a ton of clothes because they grow so fast. Um a few, I try to just do a few things that my kids can mix and match that will like go with everything, no matter what. I know they can pull something out of the drawer, <laughs> put it together themselves. And then I don't have three mountains of just kids. Club. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, I would start small with that. Um, for me, a big thing with my kids stuff is I'm, re- I am really selective about toys. Um, I do not keep anything that is broken or missing pieces. Mm-hmm. because it will go to die on the top of the microwave with the, I will fix it at some point pile. <laughs> right. Everyone's Ever got gets that fixed. thing somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, right now, oh, my, stop my, listening. My, my horse, get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> my horse leg fell off. Can you glue it? I don't have glue. I got to run to the store for glue. I'm not running to the store now, you know, and you put it away and then you have just like all these broken things. The yep. likelihood of me ever repairing those <laughs> are slim to none. Missing puzzle yeah. pieces you haven't seen in a month. Just trash it. Is it something you're going to repair? Like, oh, I have this tear in my pants. I actually have a pair of those pants sitting in my bedroom right now. I need to actually just sew them or throw them away. But <laughs> are you actually going to repair the article of clothing you have set aside? Are you going to take the time to sew it? Mm-hmm. If not, they're going to sit on a chair for three months while other priorities take over. Be yeah. a ruthless editor. Like, I or want that tattooed like- on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> or like the dry cleaner pile like you have right. something with some stain that you haven't gotten out or you're like yeah. or it just has a stain and you're like oh i'm sure i can get that out but you just end up with and then you have like, a mountain of a stained of- clothing yeah yeah what what are we doing like what is wrong <laughs> with us we have all these great intentions but you you do have to be ruthless and be yeah. like what is reality like if yeah. i'm not going to get this like repaired or to the dry cleaner in the next few weeks like yeah. Knowing that it's just going to sit somewhere is not doing anyone any right. good. <laughs> we can't at- attach the emotions to those things. Like, I'll get to them. I'll get to them. But yeah. then that's sealing your time because you're, well, one, you're putting it off. And then are you really going to want to waste your free time in two weeks taking care of those pants? If they're that worth it to you, then do it, you know? Right. 
Yeah. Um, make that decision. Right. So yeah, just start small, start with one room, see what you can do in that room. What is what, what do I love? What do I hate moving? What never gets dusted? Um, what brings me joy? What do I like kind of my brain forgets exists because it, it shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, less to do. And it's easy for, it's easy for you to manage during the day and it's easier for your kids too. Um, the research that I had talked about, there's also research on kids' brains and what clutter does to them. And like the over overwhelming playroom with like 80 million toys, like the, like br- kids' brains look at it and cannot separate, are completely overwhelmed, shut down, and then they're bored. Like, mom, I'm bored. And that's why they to use do. so many toys. Why aren't you playing right. with them? But there's so many choices that they can't make a choice. It's like it makes them powerless. So by giving them fewer choices, it gives them the freedom to be like, oh, blocks. I'm going to go play with those. Yes. I love that. Um, these are all, yeah, you guys need to just rewind and play that again of just having, like, put it on a post-it note. Those just questions to ask yourself as you're going through stuff and just being like, is this always dusty? Do I never touch it? Do I, like, always have to move this thing out of the way to get what I need? Like, just having that little checklist of questions and speaking of um, questions, so I feel like one big thing that comes up in minimalism is when you go shopping. Yeah. So do you have any like like little hacks like that of like questions you ask yourself like before you buy something or can you just give us a quick thing of like how you approach shopping? Oh, sure. I struggle with impulse buying because of my ADHD. I just like see something. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. I want it. And then I have to take a minute with it in my cart. And, and say, okay, do I actually need this? Or did I just get really excited? Yeah. Um, and I, I do try to say, okay, do I need this? Will this serve me? Or do I think it's just really, really pretty? Or like, I, you know, I like my mugs. I see mugs with all sorts of cool slogans or sayings on them and I want them. But my brain is like, okay, but this mug is not going to be one that you actually pick all the time. If I really like something, I might take a picture of it to just to share my excitement with someone. Yeah. Um, but I do have to pause because I will be one of those people who just buys the things. And then mm-hmm. I have a house full of junk again. Target yeah. is really bad for a <laughs> little dollar spot. You have to, my husband always jokes. I take so long in target and I'm like, listen, that's because the dollar spot sucks me in. So I have to take an hour to walk around the <laughs> store. So by the time I get to check out, I'm like, I actually don't need this random tray. I will never paint your stain. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you want to challenge yourself and see how, how far along you are in the minimalist, just walk in target and see, see what yeah. you can do. Look at hearth and hands. <laughs> all the things I want from that. Yeah. I ran it in. <laughs> just dream through all the things. But I love the idea of taking a picture just to stop and question and be like, is this just really like a cool saying that I think is funny or cute yeah. or whatever. And it's like, you do really appreciate it, but to stop and think through like a month from now in my home, is this, like a necessity yeah. that is going to continue to be like super joyful and I'm going to use. And right. I know like I've, and to like reevaluate what you have bought, like I've gotten a couple things like these um, little plant stands with fake plants. Cause I can't keep things alive. <laughs> they look good, but um, they like still bring me joy. 
Yeah. I don't know when I got it, like almost a year ago, or like, I really like gnomes. I've become this like gnome lover person. They're so yeah. cute. And so I have to be like, okay, how many, how many is like, these are my two right. fall gnomes or whatever. Like, yeah. but to be like, you know what, these are the things that I know continue to bring me joy and like, yeah. they're worth it. And they make me happy yeah. versus just going through the store and seeing all the cute fall things and being like, Oh, I need all of these. Yeah. But then you bring it home and it's like, so much <laughs> yeah it's overwhelming and then you have to store it and so just really finding that yeah threshold but like it's okay to buy something if it's gonna yeah. make you feel good in your space yeah. you're allowed to have personality still <laughs> you're allowed <laughs> to have joys and personal quirks and things that you enjoy you know yeah it still exists life yes. is too short to be so strict that you never have anything fun yes and I think that's a great a great kind of wrap up of just of this whole topic of no matter what, whether it's minimalism or whatever trend or whatever thing method that you're thinking about, not to get so rigid with just like, okay, this is the rule book of what I do. And to remember your lifestyle, what you want that to look like and how your home needs to function for you and all those things. And so I just really appreciate you sharing so much about, yeah, minimalism and shedding light and with grace and just all the things to allow this to help our motherhood be easier and more yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. That's like, that's the bottom line, what we all want. Right. right? <laughs> we just want to be present with our family and with our kids. And if you're cleaning all the time, then that's a little bit less time you get to have with them or for yourself. Cause you need yeah. time too to not always be doing. Yeah. And that, that can be hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to always do. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just speaking to this and just sharing so much about it. And I, yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. So fun. We, you guys, all right, I'm going to do a behind the scenes peek. So this conversation, you guys, we have struggled so much. Zoom is just cutting out on us constantly (laughs) and it's been a struggle, but you know what? I don't know what's going on, but apparently we're fighting through because you guys need to hear this message. So, (laughs) um, we are, we are bringing it out there and I just pray this blesses you and just helps you be more intentional with your home and your lifestyle and your choices. So thank you, Alyssa. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you found anything helpful or challenging or inspiring, you got some new ideas, take a minute and share it with a friend, like help your friends have easier, less stressful lives. And so send them a text or share it on social and tag me. So I know what's helping you. If you haven't left a review yet, there is no like button for podcasts. Reviews mean everything. So take a minute and leave me a quick review and I would so appreciate it. All right, now let's go check some boxes. 